0: And I just tweeted out that we're live, so thanks to everybody joining us in the uh, in the chat room. Sorry. Oh, no worries.
1: <laughs> I found a jazz album of
0: Star Wars. <laughs> uh, t- 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 let's go for. <laughs> 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 That's like my new favorite thing. Let's let's let's. Uh, I'm I'm glad you guys are stopping by. Kind of last minute, we're gonna get ready to start here uh, with a uh, Star Wars tonight. Um. Soft launch, Force Awakens, kind of quickie, now that we have some time and separation and have actually thought about it some. But enough about that. I'll talk about that in the actual show. So let me, I've got the recorder started. Uh, I've got that. People are in the chat. Hello to everybody. Let's, uh, let's not uh, humdinger around. Let's go. Um, uh, let's do this. <clears throat> oh, wait. Did you hear the, the notification, the Windows notification? I did hear that notification. Darn it. Uh, you, th- th- <laughs> somewhere though somebody thought it was a good idea to turn on uh notifications for a broadcast software when you're actually broadcasting. <laughs> Let's see. I wonder. Uh, ha, ha, ha. There's got to be a way. You know what? We'll leave. We'll leave it up. Hopefully, it won't be too bad. I just don't know where. Hmm. <phone rings> yeah. Exactly. Bruce is like I heard the notification and by typing it that means uh I bet I can preferences. That's the one. All right. So I'm going to turn off chat notifications. We'll we'll set the rest of them here. Um and so there we go. Now we're good. Now we're good. And now I have the chat room on the full second screen. So, yes, yes, welcome. Welcome, one, welcome, all. Evan, Bruce, Scott, Philip, everybody else who's well, sneaking along as guests. Uh, sign up uh, for Mixler. Just uh, use your Twitter, Facebook profile, set them up so we can say hi in the chat. This is going to be an interactive show. Jump in the chat anytime, uh, it, especially as we're talking TFA. I feel like we have enough time to kind of talk about it sanely. Raise the Mary Sue! Ah! No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, do, 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 do. Uh, shall we? Shall we, Carl? I'm ready. All right. I I was born ready. <clears throat> well, hello. What's this? It is. Well, it's Star Wars tonight. We're back. We're here to talk some TFA since we never got the chance to on the main feed. I'm going to introduce a special guest, and we're going to talk about it right now. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is Star Wars tonight. Words I haven't said in some time. I'm Riley Blanton, your host. So glad to have you. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. I'm so glad to have you. Welcome. Welcome. Come right in. It's been a long time. Uh, To to quote the great songwriter uh, from the end of the Fast and Furious movies, which has nothing to do with what we're talking about. It's been a long day without you, my friend. Uh, I'm Riley Blanton, your host of Star Wars Tonight. Once upon a time, we did a daily podcast in the 30 days leading up to The Force Awakens, uh, processing every little moment, every interview, every new TV spot. We ate it up. It was our way of coping with the long wait in the countdown to The Force Awakens. And then we never actually did a review of the the movie on this feed, because it transitioned back to the Star Wars report. Uh, and so yes, uh, in case I didn't say it, I can't remember. I'm Riley Blanton and I host this, this, uh, this crazy thing and we're getting ready to go back to in the lead up to rogue one. And I'm super happy to to have with me as a special guest for today for this kind of soft launch test episode. Uh, well, it's Mr. Carl Leclerc from the Wampus Lair. Cheers to
1: you, sir. How's it going? Uh, cheers to me indeed. I'm back again, back again, back in black. Yes, um, ACDC. I believe they're featured uh, as the opener for the Figurin' and Dad and the Model Nodes.
0: <laughs> they're the opener. They're like yeah, the secondary uh, band.
1: Yeah, they're, they're they're just the opener.
0: someday like, they yeah. they someday desire to have the fame and fortune of size Snoodles. Well,
1: we can't all be Nickelback, okay?
0: So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. S- Let's talk Force Awakens. Yeah,
0: yeah. What? We- <laughs> actually that was totally non-intentional um yeah and and also uh, just a, a quick cheers and he- hello howdy to everybody in the live chat thank you guys for joining us this is kind of a last minute thing i literally tweeted it out like an hour or two ago and uh thanks to everyone who stopped by uh, i'm very excited um but yeah that's what we're gonna do with this episode it's all all tfa we might sneak in some other topics as well um but uh, but that's uh, that's what we've got you on for the for the whole half hour uh carl so let's talk tfa um, we just had you, had you on the Star Wars Report main show this week and we talked all about, uh, Rogue One and how you were kind of reluctant because you're really into the saga films. That's been your bread and butter. Uh, and so I feel like you're a guy who really, lo- for you guys who don't listen to the Wampus Layer, and you should, Carl is a guy who really has an understanding of. Of Star Wars mythology on a level that a, a lot of a lot of guys don't, so I kind of appreciate your input on the these sort of familial mythological elements of the saga,
1: and that's what I want to start
0: with on the Force Awakens uh, as Great, we kind of look I, back.
1: I, that was, that was very nice of you, Riley. Thanks for saying that. Oh and, no, and I. I, I it. But now I've got to live up to that. So that's I, true. I, I Basically, have twenty eight more minutes to try to prove that you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's
0: one way of looking at it.
1: <laughs> um, you know, I wish you would. I, I didn't know we were talking Force Awakens tonight. I, I just uh, watched A New Hope real quick before, uh, before I hopped on with you. Oh, and well, you watch basically Awakens, watched The Force Awakens then, right? So, so basically, yeah, basically <laughs> no, I kidding. watched Force okay. Awakens. So because it's the same movie. Um, <sighs> as as I, I don't agree with that at all. I think there's a lot of similarities, but they're not the same movie. Um, I, and I think that mainly comes down to the characters, right? Like the, yeah. the characterizations, the, the, the personalities of what we're getting, there's a lot more depth to force awakens than a new hope. A new hope is just that mythological fairy tale. Force awakens is building on that foundation. Yes. There's similar plot points. Um, and, and right. It was kind of the safer movie, but it works. And I think it really pushes the mythology forward.
0: Yeah. Well, let me ask you, um, Famously, some of the rumors in, in the behind the scenes of the development of TFA were that JJ Abrams wanted you to be able to to uh, pop out, eject the proverbial VHS tape of Return of the Jedi and insert the the new digital version of the VHS tape of The Force Awakens and feel like you you didn't miss anything. It wanted to capture that original trilogy uh, essence and kind of continue that story. What were some of the questions or maybe um, threads hanging or maybe story opportunities in your mind post Return of the Jedi? You know, throwing out all of the books and stuff after that, but like in, ter- in terms of resetting the continuity, continuity and telling a new film, what were those? Because talk about those and, and did The Force Awakens meet some of those? Man, that's a loaded question, right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> um We're not yeah, messing around I, here, sir.
1: What's that? <laughs> we ain't
0: messing around here, sir.
1: <laughs> um you know, I think uh some of the Here's the thing. At the end of the day, I don't know that you need an episode 7. Right? I mean, when we finish Return of the Jedi, it is the victory of of good over evil, you know, the light triumphs in the darkness. There are no unanswered questions, really, if you think about it. At the end of Return of the Jedi, I mean, there are, in, you know, there's questions that would pique your interest, like, oh, well, what, what does Luke do with the continuation of the Jedi? You know, what, what, what becomes of Han and Leia? Do they end up together? Do they stay together? Do they have children? Um, you know, does the does the alliance solidify a galactic republic again? But those are all like lesser important questions that, you know, for any of us kind of lifelong Star Wars fans, though, we had this thing called the EU that fleshed out so much of that. Um so I think we have the luxury when we came into Force Awakens with asking a lot of those questions and somewhat having prejudices as towards what as to what the answers ought to be. Um so I think Force Awakens does show to us what became of Luke's fate, right? Like it, it shows us that he does start a Jedi order and it fails, um, which is, which is such a monumental uh, story point for who Luke Skywalker is. Um, We see that Han and Leia, they obviously end up together. They have a child and they don't stay together. I mean, I think that's kind of some of the disappointment, I think for some fans with force awakens is, is kind of that fairy tale ending, um, has kind of all unraveled now 30 years afterwards. Um, and I think that's real life. You know, I mean, these uh, nothing is ever happily ever after. You always have to work for heavily a- happily ever after. Um, so I think that's kind of where Force Awakens picks up with, in a sense, it seems as if it's been almost 30 years of somewhat peace and, and um, maybe even prosperity in the galaxy. I mean, if you read the EU, basically from the day after Endor till kingdom comes. There's constantly wars and the, the big three never get a rest. Force Awakens, I like that at least kind of gives the premise that the victory secured and Return of the Jedi did have a kind of far-reaching result. Like, yeah, it took a little more time to secure, but overall, things kind of come together, but now, 30 years later, kind of things have started to crumble and they're kind of coming to this, this head again. And this is like an important part to pick the story back up. Int- fairy tale
0: endings. It's it's interesting because if you were to eject the the Return of the Jedi Blu-ray and pop in the t- the Force Awakens Blu-ray, the last thing you saw was like Lando Calrissian awkwardly clapping and grinning on the screen as it fades to black, as everyone's rejoined together and all happy, and then smash cut r- r- <laughs> the Force Awakens. Luke Skywalker has vanished.
1: Yeah, yeah. <sighs> it's it's. I mean, it's a very um. It's a very different feeling movie. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, I think the biggest reason for that is no George, no George Lucas. That's the end of the day, and the films look very different too. Um, uh, actually, it's so funny. A friend of mine this morning was messaging me. He has a, a I think like a year and a half year old or two year old little boy, and he was home with his his son today who was sick, and they had, he just decided to watch the entire OT. And he said, "You know what? the heck of it, he threw in Force Awakens tonight too." And he says, "You know, I've never watched." From the OT immediately into Force Awakens, and he said it it worked pretty well. I've still never done it. have you done that, Riley? I have not. And that's not yeah, and I and I haven't either, and I really want to try. I think it's gonna it's just gonna be such a distinctly different feeling, though, mainly just because modern cinema looks so much different. Um, it, Force Awakens is I mean, it's a very clean movie, it's a modern looking movie. And also you have a, a JJ Abrams, who is not George Lucas, who films it very differently. Um, there's a lot of scenes in Force Awakens that take me out of the Star Wars feel. Um, not a lot, but there's a few. Um, most notably, the scene of the camera following Kylo Ren into the ruins of Maz Kanata's castle, like on this weird angle. Like that doesn't that angle? Oh, I like hate.
0: when he I enters the ruins? Point.
1: Yeah, that does not belong in Star Wars. Oh, I'd
0: never thought about that. See, I oh, didn't even notice it. See, I thought so you were going to so go for so like so the um, the sweeping Lord of the Rings drone shot at the end. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't care for that either. Um I'm it's not as big a deal to me as some of these stupid angle shots or these constant <laughs> like zooming in on the character. Um that's hey, I mean, at that's least we didn't get snap zoom. Practice. Yeah, it's such a it's a modern film practice that never occurred in Star Wars. All of my critiques of Force Awakens te- typically come down to the cinematography to be honest.
0: Well, that's uh, I mean uh, of the complaints you could have about a new Star Wars story, that's a that's a pretty good one.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean I think the story works um the 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 saddest story point for me riley and i'm interested how you how you feel about this is that we never get to see han luke and leia together on screen again you know really bummed me out yeah
0: that's a big that's a big big part of um uh, of of mark's experience watching the film in fact i'll never forget it wasn't i'd seen the film i saw the film five times before we actually sat down to review it on the star wars report um, which I'm glad. In some ways, I'm glad we did. I, I needed the time to process it, um, and and I'll never forget during the review. Mark brought up that fact that you never see the big three. You never see Luke, Leia, and Han together, and it hit me very, very suddenly because I hadn't, I hadn't even thought about it, and that's because I don't think for me I wasn't expecting a a big reunion movie um and so for that reason it didn't hit me immediately but upon reflection that's tragic and that needs to be a part of episode eight you need to acknowledge that that loss because beyond just han solo's death uh beyond just the tragedy of that there's also the 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 tragedy of no longer seeing those characters we love uh back together again and you know what furthermore i think that kind of brings us and we can we can jump around wherever uh there's, there's no really uh form or fashion to this uh revisiting review but han solo's death han solo's death is um is a tragedy on a surface level for the obvious reason there's this sort of familial tragedy that star wars is already known for but for me, uh, upon re- there is too much, there are too many unanswered uh, questions about his, his past and Leia's past and Kylo Ren's past and how that might relate to Ray to really give that tragedy its full weight. And I'm, I'm expecting, and I have confidence in the storytelling, that, that that will be an element that's addressed in the future. But I don't know, where are you on that, Carl? Uh,
1: with Han's death? Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, that was, I'll tell you right now, I've, I don't care if this is embarrassing or not, I'll, I'm going to own it. I have never cried the way I cried at Han Solo's death scene in a movie theater. Oh. Um, and I knew it was coming. I mean, I read every spoiler I could get my hands on. I love spoilers. Um, I knew probably six months before Force Awakens came out that Han was going to die. I mean, I didn't know for sure, right? Like spoilers, you always, you know, there's always some level of, of, of inauthenticity, but. I was pretty convinced when Harrison Ford signed back on that he'd want his character to die. Um, and, yeah. you know, and especially at the start of that scene, you know he's going to die, even if you didn't know the spoilers. It's like, he's not walking... Well, you're like, it's a it's Ky- a, it's a catwalk. not going to walk home with There him. ain't no
0: railings on that thing, so
1: not, um, probably not going to go so well. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's interesting that, you know, for the first time ever, too, the mentor figure in the, in the first chapter of a new trilogy mm-hmm. is... Jedi, it's not a force user that um, changes the and, dynamic too, fundamentally. Yeah, and uh, you know, when um, when Han dies, it's it's just such a tragic loss to the story. But I think, and and can I, c- yeah, go ahead.
0: I'm gonna confess something kind of, I don't know if it's embarrassing or not, but for me, and in fact, I'm uh, uh Philip in the chat was saying it was on his third viewing. That he uh, uh, cried in the theater uh, at the shot when the Falcon, uh, uh, when the Finn and Ray are, t- are talking to Han, and he's like, "Yeah, I knew Luke." And that—that's oh, yeah. that's, that's,
1: that is a- that really quick. I actually queued it up on purpose. Oh, d- dude, go for it! You are the Han Solo that fought with the Rebellion. He knew it. So I, that scene is huge um, because as, as kind of tragic as it is to not see them on screen, I think that even though that's just like a tiny little scene, it works so well, yeah. uh, both musically. John Williams, you know, beautifully inserts the, the force theme there mm-hmm. the force theme and just the, Harrison acts the heck out of that scene. You know, that look on his face, that look of loss. You know, and, and as this story continues and we realize kind of why they're all disbanded, you know, they were this family, you know, the big three, they're essentially a family. They fall apart when Kylo kind of loses it. You know, I mean, it yeah. tears apart Han and Leia. And it, Luke obviously it's, it feels extremely guilty for it. And he separates himself as well. Um, so when, you know, Han is being visited by these, these young kids who are saying, you knew Luke, It's like, yeah, he did, and there's that there's that pained look in his eyes. So, as much as I, you know, really wish we'd seen them on screen together, I think this scene is good enough though. It it really works because, again, this movie isn't about their reunion, and I I didn't have that. I'll, I'll, I guess I'll admit when when they first announced it and they announced that you know all those actors were coming back, I'm like, yes, we're going to see them all on screen together. But as it progressed, it's like, no, this isn't this isn't a continuation of their story. Just like each trilogy is a story of new characters like, you know, it, it's we, Obi-Wan is not a central figure in the OT. He is in the, in the PT, but he's not in the OT, you know? So it makes sense that the big three are not, you know, the, the, the movers and shakers here, but um, that little scene just shows the amount, the, obviously the history between Han and Luke. Um, it's not just like, yeah, I fought with him or like, yeah, I knew him. it's, it's just that, that it, the way he says it, the look in his eyes, there's a look of loss, and, mm-hmm. and, and almost regret, you know?
0: Yeah. The, the illustrious uh, Bobby Roberts is in the chat points out uh, another really interesting element, and that is he speaks in past tense. Not like, I know Luke, but I knew him, as in either assuming he's long gone or dead, or like he doesn't know him anymore because he changed, you know? It's, um, it is, there, there are hints there, but I think that there's a lot more to tell and 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 for me, uh, what Philip's comment in the chat reminded me of is it was my third viewing. Um, we saw it twice in Austin, Texas, where we'd done the grand road trip with uh, with Steve Glosson of Geek Out Loud, uh, and we saw it with him and Teresa Delgado. Uh, and we saw two showings there before we had to return. And then we did our third showing with Bethany, myself. Uh, Steve, and then my mom back here. I think that was Sunday. Um, and I think, honestly, it's probably getting the chance to see it with my mom. But uh, I didn't... Uh, I never... Like, almost never cry during movies. There are, like... M- moments maybe in Lord of the Rings. Uh, Order 66. Order 66. And then for me, it wasn't until the, that I had no emotional reaction, just sort of like just stunned silence and disbelief for the first two viewings. But it was the third viewing where I really began to feel the, the tragedy. And, I'm not, uh, and it's, it's, it was kind of odd for me to admit, not in an ashamed kind of way, but odd for me to admit just because it's not really the way I typically relate to Star Wars. But uh, I found myself uh, tearing up uh, on that third viewing. And I think a lot of it had to do because Star Wars is such a family thing for me. It's something that I grew up, all my older siblings were into it, my parents are both into it. It's, like a, it's a tradition in our family. It's a big moment when we get to finally sit down and watch the Star Wars movies. And that was kind of the special, that was the most um, emotionally impactful way of watching it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I'm getting depressed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, let's well let's change it to something like I don't know some new characters like Miles Kanata. Uh,
0: uh, yes, uh, uh, I like that Wookie. Uh, yeah.
1: Where's my boyfriend? Um, where's my boyfriend? <laughs> I absolutely loved that character. And oh yeah, talk about like um you know somebody who who pushes them the mythology a bit more. Specifically, the mythology of the Force. Obviously, we're getting a lot of this in Rebels right now, um, and we got a bunch of it in Clone Wars, even you know, with the Mortis trilogy and the Knight Sisters. But this is the first time in a, in a th- so so far in the films, the Force has kind of always just been the light side, the dark side, and it's used by Jedi and Sith. And, you know, kind of that's kind of where it's been compartmentalized. Maz Kanata is the first character we meet on screen that has a connection to the Force that is not a Jedi. Um, and how interesting too that she's you know as old as Yoda. Techn- they were
0: very spare yeah. with uh having force users. You know, the the mentor figure was Han Solo. Yep. And also the uh the other mentor figure was Mas Kanata.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's uh technically speaking, you know, in the 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 Campbellian uh, you know, hero's journey, Han Solo is more so the the mentor figure. Uh, but m- it's it's almost weird. You have an you have a Ben Kenobi Yoda in one movie here. You know, Maz Kanata is the one who takes it one step further. Um, Han is essentially just inviting her into a little bit more of an enriched life, um, whereas Maz is really pointing out kind of a deeper gift that she has. Something yeah, and that it's Han's the um, that's the true Cambellian moment when
0: the 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 future the the future the embrace of the um, the mantra of like the the hero savior. Uh, is rejected by the protagonist upon its first opportunity, just like um, just like Luke Skywalker did yeah. uh, at first. Until he has his defining moment and has to say, "I want to go with you to Alderaan and learn the ways of the Force like my father." Uh, and and but he rejects it at first in the same way that uh, both Finn and Rey reject their potential at first. Yeah, yeah. But um, which and sometimes I think the the Joseph Campbell comparisons are a little overblown or a little cliche. But man, do they really fit in with those specific elements of the film?
1: Yeah, and I think that's something they intentionally did. Um, which I think I think works really well. You know, there is no and it's, there is no Joseph Campbell hero's journey in the prequels because there can't be. It's a tragedy. It's the story of a tragic yeah. hero. Um, but it seems as though Ray is being set up in a similar way to Luke. Um. And, uh, and I think that works really well. Um, but, you know, again, kind of going back to who Maz Kanata is, what's really cool is, like I said, this is a character who's not a, you know, who's not a Jedi, but is capable of recognizing the Force. Now, we're getting more deleted scenes, it seems, from this 3D release, which is I saw one. that. Not, I'm not buying a 3D Blu-ray player just to watch this movie. Uh, well, I mean, that's, what, it, used to, that's it, what YouTube uh, is for. <laughs> Yeah, it pisses me off that they're putting some of the really cool deleted scenes on that and the director commentary. I'm really.
0: What? Happy. See, that's not cool.
1: It's not cool at all. Dude. Um, I'm not buying a stupid 3D movie thing. I'm totally uh, doing I'm not it. I'm not a fan of 3D. Um, I mean, it's fine at the big screen, but I don't care.
0: Like, it. are they selling a 2D version with it and that also has the director's I commentary, know. but you have so to buy the 3D yeah. packet? Didn't do my homework. Don't right. know. Right. So,
1: well, sorry. I'm exactly. quizzing you now. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, almost be, I'd almost be tempted to get it if you do have that. I, so they actually had a clip up. Um, you can watch it online. It's probably on like force.net. Uh, it was on making Star Wars. Uh, Sound card issue. Sorry. Go, go. Wait. Scene of Han walking out to Kylo on the ramp. And you hear, Jay, you know, giving the commentary kind of telling us where Kylo's head is at in that scene. And I'm just like, ah, oh, I want this. And I think it's just JJ doing the commentary. Um, which I would love to hear, and it just makes me really mad that it's on the 3D release. Mm. Um, but that's
0: like, so, oh, that's the most. That's the most. That's the worst side of the the corporate elements of Disney. Like, it's sort of like splitting up Star Wars Rebels into two seasons. Last season was two seasons, but they didn't yeah. tell you at the beginning. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, yeah.
1: So, so anyway, yeah, I don't know. So anyway, I I, brought, I Well, I just bring that up because. Unfortunately, one of the deleted scenes that now I'm pretty sure they filmed it. Um, We got part of this deleted scene again, only if you got the target exclusive, but the scene in uh, Maz's castle, right? When the stormtroopers come in and they confront Han Chewie and Maz and Finn. Um, But there's supposed to be an extended part of that scene where Maz uses the force to trick some stormtroopers. She uses force persuasion. Um, And uh, I would have loved to have seen that. Um, it just would have been really cool to see a non Jedi use the Force. Um, I yeah. mean, it, it makes sense that a non Jedi knows what the Force is, but it's another thing to see a non Jedi use the Force.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's an excellent that's an excellent point. Yeah, and and Scott Scott Reifen is also in the chat. Uh, wow, we've got a who's who of Star Wars tonight uh, previous guests. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, so you know he's all about 3D, which is which I understand. I, I want I am all about options. Like give us the options, um, but like they better like you know it would be great. You know, pay five bucks. I mean, it's a, that's a nice decent amount of money. Five bucks for the director's commentary and on on an iTunes or Amazon account, and then just. You know, cue it up. That'd be great.
1: Yes, please. Yep, exactly. Yeah, Once upon a time, care. things like I don't know. I don't know. care that it's coming out on three D, but it's just annoying that they're saving some of the good bonus stuff.
0: Ah, uh, it. it's capitalism, sir. Yeah. It's uh, it will, I'll, I mean, I'll probably get sucked in. And you know, <laughs> they can do whatever they want. I'm just saying, it's probably it would. It would be better if they partitioned out and made all options available to everyone to get specifically what they want.
1: Yeah. Well, that would be that's nice. the nice thing about YouTube. All those deleted scenes will be up within a week of its release. Oh so. yeah.
0: And <laughs> they don't care. Like that that's yeah. uh I honestly like this is not going to in in uh impact sales one way or the other. It's just they want something to tout. Uh like the collectors who have to have the scene. That's a really small minority. Um uh <laughs> Scott Scott says you can we can come over and watch his. Okay. Well, all right. <laughs> deal. Deal. We're going to Brunswick. Um no, no. Uh well, well, I do want to talk about a few more elements, specifically Ray. I think we, I, we, we can't do this the, go through the whole discussion without really taking some time to highlight, uh, to highlight Ray uh, as a character in the film. But uh, before we do, I do want to thank everyone who supports this programming. You may not know it, but, uh, but we have a lot of them in the chat right now, people who are supporting the Star Wars Report program, and thus vicariously, this program, uh, on Patreon. Uh, you can go to patreon.com/ star wars report and that takes you directly to our patron supporter page where you can uh do monthly donations and help support the show all the all the funding goes directly into equipment costs uh you know hosting costs uh, everything associated with this very podcast star wars tonight and star wars report and uh, it's because of you guys who are supporting us that we have this this uh, brand spanking new, brand uh, brand spanking new. That's that's hard harder to say than you would think. Uh, studio that I am broadcasting from now. So, if you are interested in catching some sweet bonus content, which we always like to dish out to you guys who support us, you can see all the offerings, including t shirts, an exclusive patron only RSS feed, and of course, I am in there kind of chatting around uh, with uh, with our private uh, patron chat, and we're. Sharing pictures and stuff. Uh, we're always like we always like to uh, loop you guys in. So join the community and support the Star Wars Report and Star Wars Tonight at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Again, that's P A T R E O N dot com slash Star Wars Report.
1: Let's talk Ray. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my gosh, you cracked me up. You, you're uh, Scott Rifen is amazing because he's a professional radio host, and you can tell it. He everything he does is is is. Pinpoint perfect. But I, I'll tell you, sir, you are his protege. I, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> uh, um,
0: yeah, no. Yeah, uh,
1: wait, so, Ray.
0: Where's you know, Ray?
1: Hello, Mr. Abrams. Um, hello. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that bit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that always <laughs> Um That behind-the-scenes clip where, where Daisy Ridley. Hello, Mr. There, Abrams. You know, Disney
0: <laughs> better have paid her a fortune for just the each viral gif that was posted of her in her various media appearances. Oh
1: my gosh, I know it. <sighs> uh, yeah. But, so, quick side note, though. Da- I mean, Daisy Ridley bought into that character in the same way Mark Hamill bought into Luke, you know, in the 70s, which I think really comes across on the screen and makes the character work all the more. Um, you know, and we saw that at Celebration last year in Anaheim, um, you know, specifically Daisy Ridley and John Boyega. Um, they've re- they really bought into their characters. Not that the others didn't, but the two of them were very much um, invested into their roles. Yeah,
0: no, definitely. That's, it's, um, whenever someone asks me, so what did you think of uh, the new, uh, the girl in the new Star Wars movie? Like some version of that question has been asked of me many, many times. And it's interesting because it's sort of an automatic question. Because it's like, well, it's a, there's a girl that's the star of the new Star Wars movie.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, my, so it, my oh. response has always been, um, from my point of view, stick, putting any actor opposite Harrison freaking Ford for two hours has to be one of the scariest, biggest challenges you could ever face as an experienced actor. Uh, just ask Shia LaBeouf, uh, but, but because of the sheer charisma and and magnetic, almost old school Hollywood stardom that Harrison Ford brings, you s- that it it's it's a nigh impossible task, and yet and yet, Daisy Ridley not only held her own. As a, as a character in her portrayal of the character of Rey opposite one of the most iconic characters ever she I dare say not unlike the twin sons of Tatooine, Sean just as bright uh, right alongside uh, the star power of Harrison Ford. Her portrayal is so magnetic, so sympathetic uh, so both Beautifully naive to the world and yet so equally um, determined to embrace the challenges in a way no one, you know, no one else in her circumstances would. Uh, it, it is a nigh on. Uh, and it, I See, I even hesitate to say this because there's people. Email us. Star, star Wars tonight at gmail.com. Uh, or StarWarsReport at gmail.com if you disagree, but I'm just gonna say it. I'm just gonna say it, Carl. She's basically a nearly perfect character to to star in the next three saga films in the Star Wars universe. Uh, am I over? Am I? Is this overblown? Am I, am I too starstruck? Uh, or, or or are you kind of with me, Carl?
1: No, I'm with you. I think uh, she's. She's a great character that we can, um, in the same way we, you know, we did with Luke Skywalker, we can attach ourselves to her story. We can attach ourselves to her journey and be accompanied, you know, accompany her for the ride of these next few films. Yes. Um, the only critique of Ray that I've heard that I think is very credible is she's too perfect. She never has a dilemma in the film, and I think that that somewhat weakens her character development. Um, and what I mean by that is, is she never struggles. <laughs> she she figures out how to force-manipulate somebody even though she's never done it in her life. She would get out of that bind. Um, she flies a ship expertly that she's never flown before. Um, she's just a little too perfect. Um, and, like, right when we look at Luke, even in Empire, I mean, he's constantly screwing up, which makes him more human. Ladies that and
0: gentlemen, you- uh, please What's direct that? all your Ray is not a Mary Sue rebuttals to at Wampa's Lair on to know... <laughs> <laughs> No, sorry. Continue, sir.
1: <laughs> no, and so, and, and I'm not knocking. It. I mean, I, I love her character, and I, and and she has all those elements of 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 being the hero that we can we can attach ourselves to. I just again wish that there was a little bit more, um, you know, just not so much perfection in her character. She just does everything so darn well. Um, you know, I actually. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm going
0: to agree with you on one point. There's one moment in the movie that I still. T- that Bethany gives me crap for this every time we watch it, and and I and it's like our con. Our, it's our consistent argument and fight about the the Force Awakens. There's one scene that I think that and that is, it's I and honestly most of it's in the editing. It's not in the actual acting. The acting is is convincing, and I think the force power itself is convincing. It's just the sequence where she's captured by kylo ren right uh frozen completely helpless uh which to i think kind of counters your point uh carl i, I they, she does have some challenges but i see what you're saying over throughout the the whole film and, and and also to your point to the moment that she kind of unlocks the inner force abilities where she kind of figures out kylo ren's force trick and uses it against him like that makes sense for a character's um, evolution. I think like that's it's. It makes sense that Luke Skywalker, with very very little training and only a few hours really with, with Obi Wan Kenobi, figures out how to listen to his ghost and channel the Force and hit this tiny tiny target without his computer. Like that. It's but but in the in, in A New Hope, the editing that's a lot that's throughout that process is through the whole film. With Ray, her awakening within the Force happens literally from that moment she's captured to the moment that she's a prisoner, but then overcomes the prison guards and even overcomes Kylo Ren. That's about 10 minutes in the film. Like if you, if you were to start your watch, which I may or may not have done and then t- told <laughs> Bethany. Uh, so it happens quickly. I I I can see that, and I I think that kind of broadly speaks to some of the editing issues with the film. Generally, I think that the editing in the final film does a pretty poor job of intercutting between the space battle, uh, the duel, uh, and Han, Han Solo's death, and then the subsequent duel. The uh, A New Hope is perfect; like it edits between each thing that's happening very quickly so that you understand the full picture of what's going on and with The Force Awakens especially the first or second time you watch it it'll go on for like five, ten minutes on one scene meanwhile all this is simultaneously happening so it's kind of like in the editing of the film you're catching up Um, but that's kind of a side point I I, I, I definitely uh, can see your point Carl particularly in the way that um, the Force is awakened in her so quickly no she's not a Mary Sue stop writing Uh, (laughs) Uh me uh Carl are you still with me? Yeah Ryan I didn't go anywhere. All right sweet sweet just making sure uh there's the Skype does this weird thing where it goes like deadly deadly silent um yeah no so so Ray it's pretty sweet uh, I like Ray
1: yeah no I mean <laughs> she is a a great new character for Star Wars um and uh, yeah I I think the thing that's gonna really um affect people's view of Rey is going to be who she is, develops through eight and nine. And also what's her backstory? Yes. Um, so what camp are you in Riley? Do you think or, and, and, or do you hope that she's a Skywalker?
0: Uh, I'm team Kenobi. Uh I'm, th- I'm team like uh great granddaughter of Obi-Wan granddaughter of uh, Luke. Okay. I have absolutely no reason to back that up, but I just think it'd be cool if there's some sort of like dual thing. Uh, I honestly have no idea. I, I have no note, no clue at all. All I and I, you know, there are so many ways you could tell it that I think that I'd be satisfied with. All I care about is that it's tied closely to the Knights of Ren and that and the flashback sequence we've all talked about so much. They've laid too much groundwork. Um, all, the only thing I care about Ray's lineage is that. It's closely tied to her current conflict with the antagonist. That her relationship, uh, albeit uh, brief, and as quickly as she does, kind of counter him with his own uh, mischief. um, Her relationship with Kylo Ren is very surface level, and I think there, I'm, I want some good old fashioned Star Wars family drama to play a part of it. I don't know how that looks, but that's kind of my only hope and expectation. Okay, good. Philip in the chat says, I just want Star Wars Jar Jar, where they edit uh, every movie and make Jar Jar every single character. (laughs) 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 Oh, Oh, me. Oh, me. All right, all right. So, so, on that note... Hang on. Wait, wait. We got to... There we go. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, I think we're going to have to wrap it up. Carl, we've already gone like 45 minutes. I didn't even... I, I, I some, trying to,
1: you're trying to slam in a two-hour and 20-minute movie into a half-hour, Riley. It's just not going to happen.
0: I mean, it's Star Wars tonight. This is, what, this is the reputation we got. We started where I thought we were going to do brief little daily 10- to 15-minute segments. And then I realized my co-hosts were, <laughs> were Scott Riefen and uh, Steve Glossin. Amy Ratcliffe and uh, Justin Robert Young none of which are capable God bless them all but none of which are capable for for talking less than fifteen minutes so it became half an hour which is what we're embracing here again thanks to everyone supporting the show here's what I want you guys to do um, fire off an email in fact you know what I'm gonna do on this first episode because it's been like it's been a long time it's been like uh, Two thirds a year since we've put an episode in the feed, so this is like the official uh, "Hello Out There" episode. So, what what I want you to do, if you're listening to this via podcast, fire off a quick email. Just say to uh, StarWarsTonight at gmail dot com, and uh, you know what? I, I I need to make sure I still have that email set up. So we'll make it we'll make it much more simple. Just send an email to StarWarsReport at gmail dot com. And just throw in the subject line "Star Wars tonight" and just say hello, say your, "Hey, we're still here," <laughs> and uh, that way, we, and that way, we'll know. Because I I love having conversations with you guys, especially I think we might have the opportunity continue to continue this Force Awakens conversation. So, uh, if anything uh, has rang rang true for you uh, that we've been talking about, or something that you'd like to challenge a little bit, whether it is uh, that that moment in the, are you on team Bethany that? That Ray is, is a beautiful and perfect character who absolutely deserves to defeat the evil Ky- Kylo Ren. I think it's because Bethany just hates Kylo Ren. That's why she likes that scene. <laughs> or are you on Team Riley? Um, but uh, yeah, let us know. Star Wars Report at gmail.com. Star at gmail.com. Again, thanks to everyone supporting the program on Patreon. And if you're not, check out the Wampus Lair podcast. It's available at the Star Wars Report website, starwarsreport.com. And, of course, iTunes and anywhere you get fine podcasts. Wampas Lair is always a fun, fan-friendly conversation between a couple of Star Wars fans. And it's just like like talking Star Wars with your friends. So make
1: sure you do that as well.
0: Carl, anything else you'd like to plug? You got any big uh, topics coming up?
1: Any big topics coming up? Riley, there's so much coming up with Rogue One approaching. Um, Oh, yeah. But... uh, you know, well, we're probably looking into doing something similar to what you're doing with Star Wars tonight, uh, a little bit, you know, out of Rogue One, you know, doing yep. a doing a daily short daily show, just building up the momentum to Rogue One. And I had all these things I want to talk about with you tonight, but uh, you, you threw Force Awakens. at me. I know. Nowhere, so I'm uh, terrible. I, I got a lot to say. Now you've got all these great points going in my head about Force Awakens and uh, God knows when I'll be back.
0: Well, well exactly. I was going to say, Carl, you know what? We're just going to have to have
1: you back. All right, Riley. Deal. do it. I'm going to email you every day.
0: <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, uh, much appreciated, Carl, as always. Um, I, I feel like there's not much else to say other than also make sure you're tuned into the Star Wars report, and we'll be making the transition pretty soon, folks. Um, uh, Rogue One is is quickly looming, so we're, we'll do, We'll 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 be retouching on the on the Force Awakens here and there, but uh, Riley, pretty soon you might we'll see be
1: the uh, the Death Star is looming like it is on the uh, the over the uh, surface of Jedi. You know what I'm saying? You know
0: what I'm saying?
1: You know what I'm
0: saying?
1: All right, guys, that's it. (laughs) On that note, we're out of here. Until
0: next time, may the Force be with you. Have a great evening, folks. Talk to you next time.
1: (laughs) Wow.
0: I wanted to play like one of these awesome stingers, but they're all for the Star Wars report. What's a stinger? Oh, well, what the heck.
1: (music) That's bad, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Star Wars Report. No, you're not. (laughs) Why you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder.
0: Hey. All right, let me shut off the old recorder here.